Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Inside the Hexagon. I am your host, as always, Phil Lanities, and I don't know that I've ever been more excited to bring you an episode. Uh, this is my favorite interview that I've done for this podcast. I enjoyed this so much, but I finally got to connect with both Gilbert Melendez and Josh Thompson, former Strike Force lightweight champions, together on at the same time to talk about their trilogy of fights. It was an amazing trilogy of fights in my estimation. I mean, if it's not the greatest trilogy in MMA history, uh, it's up there. It's definitely the best uh, in in uh, Strike Force history. Might be the only one in Strike Force history. But man, we had such a good time. We went over on time. In fact, we actually uh, lost each other at one point and had to jump back on Zoom. Gil's phone died towards the end. And but man, it's such a great conversation to hear them. And there's a special little surprise. Uh, that I didn't know was going to happen on this call. And, and it's, it's, you'll hear it. I, I, you can't see it obviously, but you'll get to hear it. And it was so much fun. It's probably my, my favorite single moment in this podcast. And I'm just so glad that both were able to be available and got to, you know, reconnect with one another. And it just, it was awesome. So I'm super, super excited to bring this to you. Hope that you are as well, but without further ado, let's get to it. All right, on the line with us, I am super excited to have former Strike Force lightweight champions Josh Thompson and Gilbert Melendez on Inside the Hexagon. Both of you have joined us to talk about. I think it's the greatest trilogy in MMA history, but I, you know, I'm sure you guys are probably a little biased. Probably feel the same way, but thank you both, Josh and Gil, for being on the show with us. Awesome, man! I'm loving it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump in. So, what I want to do here is I want to walk through. The three fights, not necessarily we're going to break down, you know, film or anything like that, but I want to talk about kind of where Strike Force was at, um, at at the time of each of these fights, and then of course both you and how your feelings on the fights. But to me, this trilogy was kind of like a micro microcosm of Strike Force. I mean, you fought when it was early on, and the promotion was starting to grow, and then in 2009, your second fight, your middle fight, uh, it was really at its peak, and then you finally completed the trilogy in 2012, where it, when unfortunately things were kind of, I wouldn't say on their last legs, but we were definitely getting towards the end. So kind of you, you all, you know, you, your fights basically kind of tell the story of strike force. So let's talk about that first fight coming in, Josh. I know you'd had a lot of, you'd coming off shoulder surgery. You'd had a staph infection, some other illnesses, but you had won six straight fights. Gil, you had recently suffered the first loss of your career to Mitsuhiro Ishida uh, in Japan, which was your first time fighting outside of the States, I believe. Uh, but you were coming off a win. Strike Force was definitely on the rise as a promotion was starting to hit its stride, building around a mix of, you know, big names and then also rising stars, which you guys were both probably kind of in between. I mean, Josh, you'd fought in strike or in uh, the UFC prior to that. So he had probably a little bit more of a, a name recognition, but uh, interesting Gil is champion. You were actually the three to one favorite um, coming in. You two had trained and sparred together. And I know I just spit out a bunch of information, but Josh, let me ask you first uh, coming into that fight, dealing with the injuries and the sickness and that sort of thing. But knowing that you were going to be fighting a guy that you had sparred with and trained with and a guy you considered a friend, what was your mindset coming into that first fight? I think Gil and I had a lot of mutual respect for each other, um, especially after we had trained together. I knew his I knew what he was capable of. And he actually like through the two years, I think we had trained together. He made me a better fighter. It really came down to a lot of like having to deal with somebody that had brought that kind of pressure. And so I spent um, a lot of time when we were training together trying to figure out how to deal with someone who just just kept coming forward. I mean, it was one thing to spar like a John Fitch, 
who, you know, who just the pedigree of wrestling and the control, all that stuff. But Gil didn't, Gil had the wrestling, but he also, he also was someone that flurried a lot, whereas Fitch was someone that just kind of tried to control you in light shots and then hard shots. Gil just threw caution in the wind, man, and just tried to take your head off for every, every second of, of, you know, every minute of the fight. And so he made me a better fighter and learning how to cut angles, get offline, not stand directly in front of his power. You know, those were things that I had to focus on a lot throughout the training uh, for that first fight. Um, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how I was going to translate in, into the first fight as well, because I do recall, you know, in that, in that, that those training sessions, I mean, just, he was able to move me around the cage or in the ring. I mean, and, you know, in grappling, I felt like I had a, a little bit more of an advantage in terms of submissions and stuff like that. But I thought the wrestling kind of, we were both equal with wrestling. I gave him probably even the net, the net, the nod in wrestling a little bit better than mine. Um, his ability to scramble and always seem to get to the top position. I going into that first fight, I had a lot of questions that I need to answer for myself. Not even so much like it was like, Will, will I let him push me around? Will I let him dominate the positions? Will I concede, you know, to just giving the bottom position? If he gets a takedown, will I just sit on my back and try and hit submissions? Because throughout our training sessions, I recall those were not things that you wanted, that I wanted to do, because that's when he, that's when he tried to push harder. He was just, he was one of those guys, man. When people talk about Mexican fighters, man, that's really what he was. He was someone just brought that tenacity and that level of, of pressure to, to try and fold fighters. And that was kind of what I was going into in that first fight. Gil, uh, kind of, and you mentioned that, that, that mindset, like, uh, obviously scrap pack. I mean, that's, that's it just, that really just uh, encapsulates what you were talking about there, Josh, but Gil kind of talk about a little bit from your side, your mindset going into the fight. And I also want to bring up uh, the whole North Bay versus South Bay thing. I I'm from, I was born in Mountain View, graduated from Cupertino high school, lived in and out of San Jose most of my life. So I understood the whole South Bay North Bay thing from your side, Gil, both going into the fight from a, a tactical strategic perspective. And then also the, you know, Gracie versus AKA North versus South, that sort of thing. Kind of talk about your mindset going into the fight there. Yeah. Josh has been, um, has really contributed to my, my growth in mixed martial arts and, and, um, you know, a lot of milestones in, in my career and involved fighting Josh, you know, Josh is correct. You know, we started training together hard for a couple of years. Um, you know, I was young and uh, maybe a little dumb as in, uh, you know, that was a little bit of a conflict of interest at the end of the day. Right. I really feel like I helped Josh Thompson game up his game, you know, and I do believe he was fighting a lot of 70 pounders and uh, going with him. He, he got really scrappy, kind of learned my game and uh, grabbed a lot of data. And uh, of course, I, I had a lot of growth just training with Josh, uh, but he's a smart guy. And, and he did. Yeah, he got, he got some really good data and um, evolved as a fighter. And um, for me, I, I really didn't lose till I fought Josh Thompson the first time. You know, I fought Ashida in Japan and, and I, I lost, but I didn't lose that fight. Um, I trained hard for Josh. I did. I trained hard for him, but I was also number two in the world and, and um, had things going my way. And uh, Josh came and prepared for me in, in that fight and um, a lot. And he had that data on me. And I feel like that really uh, made a difference in that fight. And he surprised me uh, with his kicks, his teeps and, and everything. Uh, but my mindset was strong going into that. I, I felt really confident in my skills, uh, but he did take me by surprise about how, how prepared, how serious he was. And, um, you know, and uh, and he delivered that night. Yeah, I was it was 
I think out of the three, it was the fight where it was very, very clear, probably the most clear um, that uh, of who the winner was. The second fight uh, definitely, you know, leaned more towards Gil, but that first fight, uh, you know, was 50-45s across the board, and it seemed to be everybody was in agreement uh, on that. One of the things I this noticed... Was, this, wait a sec. There's, sure. This is a question yep. that I've always wanted to ask Gil. We never really have talked about it, so this is kind of like something... We've talked about a lot of things when it, came, when it comes to all three of the fights, but this was the question... Was it because of the training sessions, though, that did you come in kind of um, like taking me for granted? Like just just I have because there was, you know, in the sparring, you were able to move me around. You were able to push me around. You're able to do a lot of things, you know, grappling wise. You know, um, I felt like I I had a little bit more of the advantage of the grappling, but you could dictate where where the fight went with the with the heavy shots and, and, you know, and the wrestling and stuff. But I always wondered, did you take, did you, did you overlook me a little bit in that first fight? When Josh Thompson fought for the Strike Force title, I fought in the same card against Harris Sarmiento, and he yeah. fought Clay Guida. And Guida was able to take down Josh and hold him down for 25 minutes. You know, Josh said he hasn't figured out how to get off the bottom yet. And uh, I think it was a big hole in this game. And uh, training with me, you know, uh, I, I was young, man. I really liked Josh. I didn't. I really didn't want to fight him. I thought he lost his title. Let me represent for the Bay. You know, I mean, these are all mistakes on my part. You know, so hey, I, I like him. I want to train with him. I want. I, I want to grow with him. Uh, but he was fighting just seventy pounders, and he was playing on his guard happily. I thought I was going to take him down, control him in the guard, and ground and pound. And damn, I was surprised. I couldn't take him down. Um, you know, and his movement was great. Uh, and, and it was a frustrating night for me. I, maybe maybe I, I, I underestimated him. I, I, I trained hard, but, I, you know, I was feeling on top of the world at that time, right? You know, I, feel, I was feeling like I was unbeatable. Even that fight that supposedly I lost, I didn't think I lost. And, you know, I was, I was in a position in my, in my career, um, you know, where I said, hey, after that fight, I had to make a decision if I'm going to uh, be a, a, a professional or, or am I just doing this as this, this young kid who, who loves to fight, roaming the streets, having a great time, enjoying my trips to Japan, enjoying the ride? Um, you know, but to this day, I thank Josh for that fight because, you know, it really helped me reinvent myself. Yeah. So, Josh, let me ask you, you guys both brought up takedowns there. Uh, the Clay Guida fight. Yeah. Like, obviously, masterful wrestler. And he, Josh, he did hold you down um, for that, you know, for that fight. In the first fight between you two, Gil was able, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the you know, fighting from your back. That's, but later on, Gil was able to take you down in the, the second and the third fight more often, but you would wall walk and get back up almost every single time. So yeah. it seems like both of you really forced the other one to become a better, more well-rounded fighter. So Josh, the question to you, did Gil's takedowns in that first fight force you to really work on, okay, maybe you won't be able to always stop the takedowns, but you're going to get right back up. Was that a conscious thing? as you got past the first fight because of how Gil had pushed you in that first fight. So the, the first, the, with the, it wasn't so much the first fight, like what Gil was saying was it was more of the Clay Guida fight because what it was, I did what I felt maybe Gil did with me in the first fight was I took Clay for granted. I thought like, he's going to, he fights careless. He's going to keep shooting. I'm going to hit the guillotines. I'm going to, you know, no worry, man, not a big deal. And as the fight went on, I realized the kid's in shape. Like he, he pre-pressed the pace and got the takedowns. And I was having, I was just kept shooting submissions. It wasn't working. So then in the first fight, in the first fight with Gil, I worked a lot on remembering that he, he's a good wrestler. He puts a lot of pressure, he strikes, and then he shoots off of the striking. Um, I had to stuff those takedowns or at least make him work. Um, but then in the second fight, he was able to get the takedowns. But what he did when we go to that second fight, 
he was a completely different fighter, you know, and he said himself, like, I, I helped kind of reinvent him after that first fight. And, and for me, I thought I was just going to come in and do the same, you know, and it doesn't work that way. You've got to grow and it's, you're always got to be evolving your craft, you know, no matter what you do. And he, be, and, and I had, I had had talks, you know, uh, cause Jake Shields had still kind of come down before we were scheduled to fight. He'd come down in between, you know, um, the injuries that I had had and was training with like, you know, um, Fitch and Koss and Swick and those guys. And he's, and he just kept saying, man, like, you know, Gil's, Gil's getting better in the, you know, not in what he's getting better in, but you know, Gil's looking good. Gil's doing this. And, and, uh, you know, and I didn't expect a whole lot of change to be honest, because of the way that Gil had always fought, which is the pressure go forward. But in that second fight, man, he truly, like truly just everything about him didn't shock me, but I was just surprised in the fact that he had changed his whole game. He was patient to the center of the cage. Um, he was throwing kicks. He was catching kicks. Uh, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't chasing me around, letting himself be hit and then trying to counter off that. Those were the biggest things that I noticed right off the bat. But the number one thing that I noticed, the number one thing, there was a shot where I got hit in the groin and I turned around. And when I turned around and I took my, I was taking my time to get my wits back about me and my nuts to drop. Like when that all happened, I look back and Gil is sitting in his, off to the you know neutral corner, but he's sitting on one knee, his arms there and he's taking deep breaths. In the last fight, in the first fight, in the tenacity of all of his other fights, he would have been someone pacing back and forth, bouncing up and down, wasting his energy, going, let's go, let's go. In this fight, he was calming his heart rate down. He was focused on what the goal was, and the goal was to, to beat me up. The goal was to whoop my butt. You know what I mean? And so, and he was on track, man. He was doing everything proper, everything right. You know, and in that second fight, I felt like I the fight could have went a different direction after the first round or into towards the first at the end of the first round. I hit him with a couple clean shots, started to feel like I got him going backwards and then got into a brawl, like as if I was going to, was going to fold him. And I already knew that he, he can't be folded. He's not that kind of fighter. And so in my mind, I'm, I'm in his mind. I'm in his mind from the first fight. In reality was I hadn't even got started. I hadn't even got past like his forehead yet. I wasn't in his brain or in his mind at all. He was just getting started. And so it was just that, I had something in my mind that I thought was going to happen. And in reality, it, he had something in his mind. And his mind was a lot more clearer than my mind. He was focused. He was dedicated to what he needed to do to beat me. I mean, you had just had, you know, your, your little girl, you know, you, you and Kerry were doing fantastic. And like, there was a lot of things. The gym was going, I believe at the time, he had a lot of pressure on him to make sure that this was his life goal. And, uh, and he came out and delivered, man, that was a, you said it was, you said the first fight was one of those fights. It was a clear winner. And when I look back at that fight, I felt like there was a clear winner. Gilbert won the fight. There was nothing. I, and I don't ever, I don't ever take things that away from people like that. It wasn't as, if you're saying it was close, but it, to me, it wasn't close. He won, he won the fight. Yeah. So let, yeah, I'll clarify on that. I, I, I felt like it was more of a dominant fight in the first fight. The second fight was more um competitive but gill clearly won the second fight like yeah. there's no question about that so let, let's wrap up the first fight and i know we're already talking about the second fight so we'll transition quickly but josh i do want to ask the crowd was so into that first fight i mean they were just so like i watched all three fights back to back to back yesterday and the crowd in that first fight was just on fire was that josh is that your crowning achievement in mma fighting in front of the home crowd winning the title uh, you know, as the underdog, you know, coming off that really tough 
Clay, Clay Guida loss, uh, you know, was, what, what, was that the, the crowning moment of your career in your opinion? I, yeah. I mean, like you could say, yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of things. I don't look at my crowning moments in my career based around belts and, and things like that. I do it based around things that I learn about myself um, there's a couple things, crowning moments when I fought Hermes Franca, like I always wanted to know if I was a quitter. I always wanted to know if I was a real fighter, or if I was a quitter. And in that fight, I was dominating the two rounds and got dropped in the beginning of the third and then took my ass beating for the next, you know, two and a half minutes and then finished strong at the end of the round, at the end of the fight. Those are things that I think for, for me, I can even probably speak for Gil in this situation. You want to know about yourself as a fighter. Like you're going to keep going. You can tell yourself you're going to keep going. But Gil's a dog, man. There's, I don't think there's anything you can do to him. Hit him in the head with a brick. He's going to keep going forward. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's, and I always wanted to know that about myself. I needed to know that about myself, you know? And there was a lot of other fights, you know, later on when I fought Tony Ferguson in that, in my career, I was older, I was 30, 38 years old, you know? And I asked myself, I could have given up after this, you know, towards the end of the second round. But instead I was like, hell no, man. Like I'm here, to, I'm, I'm already here. Like yeah, this is what I do. And so there's a lot of quite, there's a lot of defining moments throughout my career that, um, that to me, I hold dear to my heart because I wanted to know if I was a quitter, if I was a real fighter, if, you know, if I could, you know, continue to back up all the things that I wanted to do. And that to me were more of my defining moments. Now, of course, the title is right there at the top. Okay. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I know that you and uh, Frank Shamrock have had a, you know, checkered, checkered past long, yeah. long time ago, but that's kind of his mindset is in terms of, like fights are about what you learn about yourself versus like yeah. titles or paydays or, you know, that sort of thing. Although the money obviously is a big part of it. Yeah. You look at Tyson though. Tyson feels the same way right now. He looks at all his belts sitting on his pool table and he just like, they're all garbage. They're all trash. Like you don't do anything with them now. They just sit in your back on your wall. That's it, man. They're good to look back. You tell stories to your kids, but the end of the, at the end of it is what you learn about yourself along the way, man. Do you still have the U.S. belt, by the way? I got to ask if you. Yeah, yeah. I still got it somewhere. I think it's in the garage somewhere. Okay. It, it did not look nearly as good as the later gold ones that you guys no. both got. Yeah, those are a lot better. Um, so let's get to the second fight. Gil, I want to turn to you. Uh, coming into the fight, like Josh was the champ, but he had been out for 15 months. He would had a bunch of injuries to deal with. You had fought twice during that time. You'd avenge the loss to Ishida, which must have felt fantastic to be able to get that win, especially if you feel like you didn't really lose that first one. Talk a little bit more about your evolution as a fighter, not just reacting to Josh, but to that first loss, but just kind of overall coming into that fight, knowing that you'd been more, uh, uh, you know, active, obviously you'd had your, your baby girl and uh, you had so much more going on at that point, you'd won the interim belt. What was your mindset coming into that, that fight? Did you feel more pressure? Did you feel less pressure as strike force was getting bigger? The crowd that night was double what it was the first fight. Uh, you know, Kung Lee's, uh, you know, main eventing in front of 14,000 fans. What was your, your mindset heading into that second fight? Yeah. Like, like, um, like I said, man, you know, Josh has been super important in my evolution and fighting and reinventing myself and, and all those fights define me, you know, that first fight that we fought, you know, really defines me. I, I remember him teeping me and, and just sticking and moving and taking me down and, and, uh, you know, it wasn't fun, you know, passing over the title. I remember that moment. I remember the, the belt going around his waist, you know, his hands going up. And I remember saying goodbye to the belt and, and it hurt, <laughs> you know, and um, and and I never forget that. Right? I never forgot that moment. But um, I definitely went back to the lab and my main focus was, you know, reinventing myself. I, I was 
I was kind of like, hey, man, maybe I, I you know, I'm open in a gym. I'm ready to pivot in case things don't work out. And, and, and you're battling these demons, you know, can you bounce back from this loss? You know, you're ranked top in the world. Can you can you bounce back from it? Um, but that was the plan, you know, just work hard, you know, reinvent myself, make sure no one keeps me the way he did, make sure no one kicks me the way he did. And just really evolved in, in, in my strength, my striking and my composure and, and my focus and um, everything leading up to that second fight was, was all Josh Thompson. You know, I fought Rodrigo Dam, I fought Ishida, but all those fights I was training for Josh. You know, Josh got hurt a couple of times and had to pull out, but all of my, you know, day in, day out, Josh Thompson was in my head, in my head nonstop. I got to beat this guy. I got to perform to the ability. It wasn't even that I had to beat Josh. It's just, I just knew I didn't perform to the best of my ability in the first time. And, um, and I knew if I performed to the best of my ability, I can live with myself, win or lose. Uh, and I came in focus. You know, Josh is right. You know, I was uh, one of the main things I changed besides my technique was was my mindset. You know, I used to just be a pit bull, be Al Nino this form, and it was good enough. You know, but someone like Josh is, is smart. They take their notes, they they chop you down, and, and they take away the storm. So you have to reinvent yourself. But the, the main thing is uh, focus and composure. You know, you watch people like Fedor fight walks and it's just so stone cold. And uh, and I kind of try to tap into that focus. Never really had. And 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 to this day, I think focus and is a huge part of fighting. If you can maintain that focus, uh, that composure, you know, you're efficient in the cage, you're efficient everywhere and uh, you perform the best. Uh, so leading up to that fight, there, there was a bunch on my mind. There's a bunch of things going on. I actually. You know, I actually found out my wife was pregnant like two weeks before the fight. Right. You know, so there was added pressure and uh, I started a new gym. Uh, I had I had a lot of people, um, you know, supporting me and and joining my gym and just behind me, you know, but you got to welcome that stuff. You got to rise to the occasion. And uh, it was it was probably for me, you know, one of uh, probably if not the best moment of my career, you know, because uh, mentally I was down after that first loss. I, I didn't know who I was as a fighter, if I, if I was meant to do it. And I reinvented myself and really traded this sport with the respect it deserves. And I, I came out as a real professional. And um, uh, that was probably one of my most proud performances. But it definitely takes two to tango, right? You know, and uh, Josh brought the best out of me. And, and I still love to go back and look at that fight. I don't even know if I'm the best Gilbert uh, technically, you know, but I know I was the most focused I've ever been in a fight uh, ever in that fight. And, and I, and I, I got to believe Josh was as well or one of us. But we, we, we sure put on a damn show that night. And, uh, you know, and um, I still get chills thinking about it. And the crowd was crazy out there. And, you know, half for Josh, half for me. And uh, it was the Battle of the Bay. And it was so much fun being in the HP at that time and just watching the fans uh, go nuts for us, right? And for us to be two of the best fighters in the world uh, performing, you know, and representing California, representing Strike Force, And, um Man, we're in the history books forever because of it. You know, we're in the history books forever because of uh, what we pulled out of each other. Here's the thing. Like when people talk about like, what's probably the most the, the fight that I remember the most. And it's that one, even though I won the title, the one before. But it was that one. You want to know why there were so many things I had 16 months away from because I was getting hurt. But when I came back, I I was more energized and super happy to be back and I wanted to defend the title wanted to fight Gil I knew that it'd been this was all just leading to a head and honestly like <clears throat> I didn't fight the smartest fight but I fought but I like Gil said like you fought your best fight 
you know, technically it wasn't my best fight. I fought, I didn't fight smart, but I had fun. And that's the thing to me at that time in my career, I was like, look, I've already won the title. I want to go out there and just lay it all on the line. I've never done that in my life without a care in the world. I knew I was in shape. I'd been training for a year straight, even though I was injured. You know, the times that I couldn't train, I was still doing like arm cardio. I was still doing all these things to try and make sure that I stayed in peak shape. And in that fight, I was in phenomenal shape. I mean, we were both in phenomenal shape. And it was one of those fights where you look back and you go, no matter what happened, man, and it's still probably my favorite fight out of all of them, even though I lost, I had so much fun. It was just not a care in the world. You guys saw me in the cage afterwards when they're announcing Gil Juan. I was clapping before mm -hmm. they even, because I knew that, like, this is what it's all about. All those people that spent hundreds of dollars, even maybe thousands of dollars to go to that fight that night, at least one fight, they got their damn money's worth. And that was because of us. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm super proud of that fight, no matter what. And like Gil said, it's like, those are the fights you look back and go, man, I laid it all on the line. I gave everybody what they paid for. That's what you want. Well, is they got their money's worth that night because they also got the miracle in San Jose with Scott Smith coming back to knock out Kung in the in the main event. But that was an incredible card. I love the evolution card is one of my favorites. And this is my favorite fight between the three of you. I really love the first one because of what it meant to strike force and what it meant to Bay Area MMA. But this one was honestly a better fight overall. It was more entertaining. Um, Gil, I, I got to ask something that was mentioned on commentary during the fight. I don't remember which of the guys, if it was Morrow or Frank or Pat that mentioned it, but they talked about you learning to hate uh, your opponent before going into the fight. And you mentioned Fedor. You were definitely much more stoic and much more focused and poised. You didn't come out like a bull in a China closet in that opening round. You were more patient. Um, Josh wasn't able to counter you as much because of that, which was such an important part of that first fight. I know you've talked about your mentality and that sort of thing, but specifically the hate part did was, is that real? Was that something that you had to kind of psych yourself into making Josh more of a, a villain in your mind? But, but talk about that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like people, right? Josh is a cool guy. You start hanging out, you start liking him, but you don't like, I don't like to like people I fight. Right. And, and these are some of the lessons you learn growing up in, in the sport. And I'm not saying it's the right way or, or the wrong way. It's just it's just my way, right? And uh, you know, a lot of people like to hug. Oh, it's just another day in practice. That's whatever their mindset is. Their mindset, you know. But at the end of the day, I, ha I had to, you know, put in my mind that Josh is trying to take food off my table. You know, Josh is is trying to take a, a better future away from my daughter, away from my family, uh, away from. Uh, from everybody that supports me, I have to represent the Bay. I had to put the pressure on myself in order to perform. You know, if I took it like I was just, you know, not a professional athlete. Oh, it's, it's all cool. I'm, I'm having some fun on the weekends. I'm doing this for fun. It's just disrespectful to the sport and to the title. And, uh, and, you know, I had to put myself in the right mindset to, to perform to the best of my ability. And, uh, and I had to not like Josh. Yeah, that's right. I, I had to not like him you know, during that time. Cause, uh, you know, I, I did like them, you know, I did, we, we, uh, we train together and you can't help, uh, but grow respect for someone that you train with at least myself, you know, I don't know other gyms they train and the guy across the room is someone they're going to fight two months down the road. I think that's bizarre to me. Yeah. And, uh, I, I never found that, um, the way to be. And, um, you know, my team's different, you know, you know, uh, I, you know, I was hoping Josh and I would trade together and, and grow and, and have this relationship and um and become you know the best fighters and and you know that's that's I, I, maybe i was naive and i was dumb and, and uh 
and you know, Scott never told me that. No one ever told me that's how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't blame no one for that, but that was just, you know, that's just the guy who I was and, and through it, you learn, okay, you know, I, I have to, I have to separate, you know, I have to separate, you know, business from, from friendships and, uh, and I got to choose, you know, my teammates and we got to lift each other up and we never going to fight each other. And uh, even if they're offering me a $2 million, $10 million to fight my friend, I'm sure they're offering me half of that, which I would to fight somebody else, which I'd be gladly, you know, gladly accept. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, man, that has to be the mindset, you know, and you have to put that pressure on yourself in order to get the results. That's for me. You know, if I put that type of pressure on myself, I get the best results. And uh, I put the pressure of a future family. I put the pressure of my team. I put the pressure of my city. You know, I put all that pressure on myself in order to, um, you know, to perform the way I did. And um, yeah, I did a lot of, I did a lot of reinventing during that time. Josh, let me get your reaction to that. And then we're going to coming up against time a little bit here. I want to go to go into the third fight, but (laughs) any thoughts or reaction to that? No, I mean, look, everyone's different. You know, for me, I felt like <clears throat> when I got angry with people and stuff like that, I fought worse. That's why when you noticed I walk into the cage, I was pretty much always smiling. I was smiling, man. I was doing. You smile more like we've noticed that me and my co-host, Josh, I think you smile more than any other fighter I've ever seen in the cage. Like yeah. I literally have no a couple notes on that was like, Josh just always seemed to be having a great time and, yeah. and like really enjoying it. So go ahead. Well, you got to remember in the, in the scheme of life, right at the end of all this, right? Gil and I are friends now, you know, um, we've we've hashed it out at Bellator's and talked and we've been, we've been close, you know, we're back to being close like we were when we were training and stuff together. I mean, um, in the scheme of life, one fight, um, being angry and hating somebody to me is like in 10 years, no one's going to remember who the hell we are. I'm like, Oh man, did those guys fight? Who are they? But we do, we remember who we are, but I have a lot of respect for him. So I just, uh, it's not, it's not my style, but I don't hold anything against him for that's his style. I know I got guys in the GNR gym as well that were the same way. Ah, I'm going to kill that guy. I hate that guy. You know what I mean? That's how they were. You know, Koshik was a little bit that way like that. Nah, that guy's, you know, he's garbage. He's this, he's that, but that's just some guys are that way. And I understand as long as when it's all said and done, no matter what the outcome is, you know, you can still shake hands and be like, Hey, what's up, bro. Yeah. That's it. That's all I cared about. Hey, okay. Phil, I, I had to say, man, that, that smile was part of my hatred. I added that to the shield. <laughs> I, said, I said, man, I, I hate that smile. I'm like, I got if you smiled at me one more time, I'm like, you know? So I Psych- use that, dude. I use that a few of my fire, dude. Oh, yeah. that's good. Even was- I remember that smile, dude. I remember that smile, dude. The whole world remembers that smile. And you know what? That's uh, BS, Josh, dude. I, I think, our, you know, we're, we're – I'm. I feel like I'm immortal because of that fight, which I'm immortal yeah. because of our three fights. You know, that yeah. second fight, I mean, I, I, I know that was the best fight of the year. They didn't give it to us. But that was the best freaking yeah. fight of the year. Two guys, we, we laid it on. We smacked each other. Even in the fifth round, I was like, all right, I got this. And then Josh just came with the flurry. I felt yeah. my temples go, wah, wah, wah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this fight's still going down, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you know, and. To this day, man, it's, it, you know, Josh is right. You know, I, I had to get to that mindset. I, I had to say the hate word. I had to do all that. But, you know, it, it's intimate, man. That's like 75 minutes of, of beating the crap yeah. out of each other. Like, you're supposed to not like each other after that. Or you must, you guys hate each other. But it's, it's, it's very intimate. Um, it's very bonding. And uh, it's two people bringing the best out of each other, right? I, I was elevated. I was lifted. I was in three different places in my life for each one of these fights and uh and josh just has always made me a better man 
you know, I don't want to give him too much credit for that, but, <laughs> but, but he, you know, he's made me a better man in the sport and overall. And, and that's what martial arts does for us. Right. That's why we do this. You know, like if yeah. I'm not training, I'm not fighting. I'm like a, I'm like a pit bull that needs to be walked. I'm not doing good things. You know, I'm, I'm a good dude. I like to think, but I'm not doing good things unless I'm running it out or training in the gym and, and, and testing myself that way. So, so man, like, man, this it's, I'm grateful for everything we've, we've been through. Yeah, I got to disagree, Josh. I think you guys will be remembered because it was just an incredible set of fights. And Thank I'm you. actually I'm glad they all went to a decision, to be honest with you, because I, yeah. I just think it means a lot more. So, um, I, again, interested time. We got under five minutes. So I want to I want to get to the <laughs> third fight. Um, Josh, you were three and one coming in your last four coming in. Gil, you had not lost since that first title loss. So you'd won uh, six straight. Unfortunately, this is 2012, almost three years later, strike forces, like we said, owned by Zufa, who'd been poaching a lot of the, a lot of the big name fighters, there had even been rumors that possibly Gray Maynard, uh, your, your teammate, Josh would be stepping in to fight Gil or possibly even BJ Penn coming over. So there was a lot of, a lot of questions about this and where the fight was going to go and what was going to happen. Um, I, this fight was to obviously it was the closest fight out of three. I mean, all three judges scored it at 48, 47. I'm, I'm guessing that if I asked both of you, Josh, you'd say you felt like you won <laughs> Gil, you'd say, yes, the judges got it right. Uh, and you won. Absolutely. Uh, so, so hey, you guys are still fighters at the end of the day, you're still competitive. It's still, it still burns and, and, and all that. So I do, Josh, I do need to ask in terms of, I know that you were, it was clear that you were frustrated by the judge's decision at the very end. <laughs> What did you feel like was the difference? Why do you think that the judges went with, with Gil, uh, even though you felt like you, you probably feel like you won? What, what was the difference in your mind in that fight? You know, I really couldn't tell you what the difference was. Um, it was such a close fight. I mean, there was, there, was, there was nothing that really stood out, I think, on either part of ours. Like, there was no clear reason why I should have won, and there was probably no clear reason on why he should have won. It really came down to wherever the judge was sitting and who saw the best, who saw the best action. You know, and if you watch judges, right, they they if they're from behind the fighter, they don't see the shot land, how hard it was, depending on where they're sitting. And, um, you know, it really just comes down to however the judges viewed it. I thought I had more. I thought I had more of like more of the controlling positions in certain areas. But I mean, he had a lot of good takedowns, but I also was able to pop right back up. So when you're really splitting hairs, how much credit are you giving to a takedown? How much credit are you giving to me getting up? How much credit are you giving for whatever? you know, finishing positions, but not finishing, obviously. So, like I said, at the end of it, though, it really came down to that the judges made the decision. And I was I was obviously disappointed. I think everyone would have been disappointed in a close fight. But at the end of the day, like I said, I've always carried this this whole fight game thing. Like and like I just told you guys in 10, 15 years, people were already talking about me like as if like, oh, you were never that good. And I'm like, the reality is I know how good I was during that duration. You know, but they go based off of towards the end of your career. That's like people going back to Muhammad Ali and saying, yeah, he really wasn't that good because he lost yeah. his last however many fights. Right. That's a bunch of crap. You know it. But it's like it's, that's that's how fans, the new fans are always going to be. And so I don't I don't really hold too much into it. You know, I mean, it is what it is. I got a lot of respect for Gil, man. At the end of the day, when I see Gil, I'd rather have more of a friendship than worry about what happened in the third fight. All right, Gil, I'll, hey, let, hey, you, I'll, Phil, I'll, let, you, yeah, I'll let you hey, quickly you respond. He's trying to soften me up again. That's Josh Thompson, man. He's trying to soften me up. Cut that crap out, Josh. He's always thinking I got an he's MO, man. He's doing it again, He's already doing it, man. He's doing it again. That's it. Now, let, let me tell you, though, going into that third fight, you know, um, the last person I wanted to fight was Josh Thompson at the time. The guy who knew me so well, the guy who had the recipe to beat me, the guy 
who I already spent 50 minutes with. And they're talking about Gray Maynard, BJ Penn, and guys with bigger names, right, at the time. You know, UFC branding behind them, Gray Maynard's BJ Penn's. I just came off of beating Aoki. You know, last thing I wanted to do was fight the guy who knows me best, Josh Thompson, right? I was in line for the UFC title. And then all of a sudden, a roadblock comes on my way. Josh Thompson, my, you know, damn freaking thorn in my butt, whatever you want to call it, man. And I'm like, I got to fight Josh Thompson in order to get this UFC title. That's basically what it came down to. You know, and Josh and I, we've been on the, the wrong end of some decisions, you know, and and, uh, and and just because I got that nod, I was able to campaign for, for that UFC title because of that. You know, and, and I remember, you know, first thing I tried to do that worked in the second fight was uh, it hit Josh with the late kick, right? Because I, I I'm not even a late kicker, except that first fight, he stayed in the pocket a little bit, but not in the pocket. And the only thing I could do was land a late kick. So I was like, all right, I'm going to late kick him again. The first thing he does is he steps back into southpaw, back to conventional and, and starts, you know, walking backwards, you know, like, a, you know, a really good tactic, a, a, a backward shift in stance, you know, and. And uh, I immediately start putting the pressure, you know, trying to punch him. And I'm going to take him down this time. And I did take him down this time. But, damn, I, I couldn't hold him down. And I, I tried to punch him on the way up, you know. But he had Pat Militic on his side, you know, coaching him and, you know, saying he's doing such a great job out there. And, and that my, my takedowns weren't doing nothing, you know, when I, when I overwatched that. But I look back at that fight, and, and I truly believe I won it. I was the aggressor. I was coming at Josh the whole time. Man, he had some sneaky <laughs> – he had some sneaky takedowns. I'll give him some sneaky takedowns uh, on there, man. You know, but uh, but I, I'm gonna give myself the nod again, Phil, man. And I'll Josh again, dude. And, and you know what? That, you know, those belts might not mean anything to Mike Tyson. But this uh, one right here, bro. Wow. This uh, one right here. For all our podcast a, listeners, Gil just put the title on his shoulder, the actual this, belt. This, this means a lot to me. And you can bury <laughs> me in the grave and, and you can tell everybody. This guy, two to one against Josh Thompson. Oh man, (laughs) this guy laying it on thick right now. He's laying it on thick. Oh man, that might be Uh, my favorite moment in the history of this podcast. Josh got Uh, done talking about Tyson. A belts mean nothing, and Gil brings the belt. To, I don't, uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil, don't believe Josh, man. Oh man, I, I, he he hates it every day. Oh, he hates man. it, man. Uh, I got I got to text him the reminder uh, every time it's our anniversary. You know, I got to I got to start sending it over to him. Man. My he, my he, cheeks, he wants my, to strangle me right now. He, I know he does. My, don't my don't cheeks, believe that smile, hurt, bro. My cheeks hurt from laughing so hard, bro. My cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. This guy. <laughs> Let me guess, you carry that thing into like grocery stores and stuff, huh? Like, <laughs> Still bars, wearing the belt. Get the free drink. Yeah. Uh, Josh, it, it was a special, a special day today. Phil wanted it, was. To, you know, to retalk. I, I had it dusted off, man. Oh, you know? man. I, I got all of them framed, but one, I keep it by my bed every so often just to, you know. This yeah. guy, he's rubbing oh. it in right now. He's rubbing it in right now. Oh, that was awesome. That was so yeah. awesome. I wish everybody could have seen that. That was so awesome. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're I, coming up towards the end of this, um, you know, the end of the fight, Morrow did bring up, you know, hey, that was 15 rounds. Uh, you know, are we going to see a 16th? Obviously not as, as fighters, but hey, you know, there's a big uh, market out there for uh you know for grappling uh i just mm-hmm. saw the pillow fight championships uh, <laughs> is a thing now maybe uh, we'll see a new shit. evolution of the gill josh uh yeah. rivalry but i think the, i'm guessing the grappling thing would be a, a little more likely but 
Uh, could we ever see something like that? Could we ever see a rekindling of the rivalry in some other format of some kind? Yeah, I, I, ha- I have no desire to get hit at all. So even with a pillow, so that shit's done. <laughs> that, that ship is sailed. I'm over that. Um, but no, um, I did I do know that Chael Sonnen had reached out to me and talked to me a little bit about potentially um, grappling in his sug and, you know, doing that up there. And so that's something. But then COVID hit kind of like around that time. And so now we're just kind of, I think, waiting for a call from him. But no, I'm definitely interested. It'd be fun. And make sure you bring that belt, Gil. Okay? Take that <laughs> off your hands, buddy. He, he feel, hey, don't believe that smile, boy. That, that grin, he's biting down on his mouthpiece already, man. You know, you know what? Dude? I would, I would grapple Josh. It'd be an honor because we bring the best out of each other. I, I'm not a, I, I got my game face on. I, I'm not gonna take a drink. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. And guess what? I'm, box, I'm boxing every day because I know Josh would happily box me, dude. You got all your, show, oh, you got your Showtime people out Triller there. Triller or Triad. Make, here we yeah, go. Yeah, make some, make some calls, man. We can, we, oh, can, we can keep it going forever man Uh, let's do it anytime man anytime i love it all right oh i think we lost i don't think we lost gil uh we'll see if he he drops back in but josh while we're waiting to see if he comes back in um do you need to uh ask so you've got your weighing in podcast with big john mccarthy big success there you're also doing uh commentary for bellator fights that sort of thing yeah and i know you own a couple gyms you want to talk yeah. about uh, anything else that you want to mention social anything that you want to promote no i mean like realistically just go to our uh weighing in podcast on youtube we're on itunes soundcloud spotify spotify and itunes are our major platforms that a lot of people listen to us on people getting back to work now so listen to us in the car don't watch us on youtube safety wise that type of stuff uh, but we are available on YouTube. We also have a clips channel, which we call the Wayne and Extra channel. We do a special show on there. It's kind of like a part of the interruption. It's a small little eight to 10 minute long show. It's fun. We, you know, we yell back and forth. We play games and we, we talk about the sport, you know, and uh, have fun with it, though. It's a real great show. That's only on our Wayne and Extras channel. Uh, hit the subscribe buttons there, man. Follow us on those platforms. And uh, in terms of, uh, you know, I'm an analyst for Bellator. I love doing it. We're covering the Bellator fights. Make sure you guys tune in. We've got a lot of great top level fighters that are are starting to make a splash, especially the young ones that we've been grooming for the last two or three years. AJ McKee, Yaroslav Amosov, who's got the best record in all of MMA now that Khabib is retired. He's 26 and 0, phenomenal fighter, you know, and then obviously AJ McKee, plus the pillars of our organization, which is, you know, Patricio and, and Douglas Lima and other fighters that are available on there. But just an outstanding group of young, talented fighters are making a rise. And I mean, don't be upset when I say this, you know, especially for all the Strike Force fighters. Um, but Bellator to me right now has a better pedigree of fighters than when UFC bought Strike Force. They have those up and coming guys, Yaroslav Amosov, Logan Storley, you know, AJ McKee. You know, we've got a lot of top level fighters that are making a really good run right now. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys tune in on Showtime. You know, uh, you can watch the prelims on YouTube as well on the Bellator YouTube. So those are places to check us out and, and check Big John and I out. All right. Awesome. Um, and then I got to I got to ask you already answered this question, but you felt like the second fight was the best uh, yeah. out of the three. But so let me ask this question is both you and Gil had said at separate times that you felt like the other one was your toughest fighter of your career. The one that brought the best out of that sort of thing. So would you is Gil the toughest fighter that you ever faced that the, the toughest fight you ever had? Gil was the one, like, like he said, like we brought the best out of each other. He was the nemesis. He was the guy that I knew that knew me the best. You know, um, yeah. So, I mean, like in terms of he was my nemesis, man, like they didn't matter. It didn't matter how tough all the other guys were that I that I had to fight. He was the guy that just knew me the best and he knew how to get to me, whether it was in interviews. He knew how to get to me, 
you know, in the cage. He knew how to make adjustments between rounds. He, um, he was the guy that just knew, he just knew how, you know, how I worked, how my mind kind of worked in that cage. Not a lot of people could figure that out. And so it just came down to, um, you know, I, and the other thing too is I knew when I got in there, I brought, he brought the best out of me and I fought my best fights when I was in there. So he was dealing with a different animal than somebody that, you know, that I had fought previously. You know, I look at nothing against him because I really respect him as well. But Bobby Green, I didn't fight a good fight. I didn't fight to my best of my ability. I, he didn't bring the best out of me. You know, those kind of like that type of situation. Whereas Gil, no matter what, I would have fought the best fight. I would have tried to fight the best fight of my life. Certain fighters just didn't didn't bring it out of me. And and I moved on. You know what I mean? Um, and but he was the guy that knew me the best knew and made the adjustments the most. And, and I knew that I had to be prepared and he, I knew he brought the best out of me. Awesome. Well, uh, he just texted me, he said his phone died. So that's why he, yeah, he dropped that off. Makes so, sense. Yeah. I think, but it was, it was perfect timing and you get the final word despite him bringing the, the, ah. the belt, <laughs> the belt on, but Josh, I really appreciate your time. This was by far the, the most fun that I've had doing this. Um, it was great just seeing you guys, yeah. Uh, you know, be able to chew the fat, talk back and forth. And uh, hey, hopefully we uh, hopefully we do get to see the fourth one in some other, you know, some other, uh, yeah. uh, you know, some other way. It would be great to see you guys come back. I'm not I'm not, I'm not getting hit anymore, bro. I, just, that, I, I that, don't think the boxing style. thing is going to happen. I think that's no. done, so. <laughs> not even the pillow, not even the pillow. Not fighting even the pillow fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of the grappling, yeah. Hey, Gil, make sure when I know you're going to watch this back because, you know, that's you're going to do that. But when you do, I want you to remember this. <laughs> give me that smile and bring my belt uh, hey bud thanks for having me on and, and uh have a have a blessed weekend all right i want to thank my very special guests josh thompson and gilbert melendez for taking the time to join me on inside the hexagon as you can probably tell i thoroughly enjoyed that conversation it seemed like they had a great time too i hope you had a great time but it was just so much fun. Uh, you know, the little special surprise with Gil bringing the belt and then Josh responding later with the smile. And it just, yeah, I had such a good time. I, even as I was going through and editing that, I found myself smiling and laughing. It was just it was such an enjoyable experience. And again, I hope that you enjoyed it as well, that you would consider sharing it within your network. I'd love to get the word out specifically about that episode. Cause just, it just was so, it was just awesome. I loved hearing from them. They provided such great content. Uh, but speaking of content, looking ahead, we are going to be covering Strikeforce Rockhold versus Kennedy. As you might have guessed, the main event was a middleweight title fight between the champion Luke Rockhold and the challenger Tim Kennedy. Also, another title fight on this card, Nate Marquardt, promotional newcomer to Strikeforce, would battle Tyron Woodley with the vacant welterweight title. On the line, this was a memorable fight with possibly the most vicious finish in Strikeforce history. We're going to talk through that. Hodger Gracie takes on Keith Jardine, and Lorenz Larkin makes his middleweight debut against ruthless Robbie Lawler. After that, I've already spoken with him, but Nate Marquardt is going to be on the podcast. After that, we talk about uh, his foray into Strikeforce. We talk about his preparation. This was his first fight at 170 pounds, how he, pre how he prepared for Tyron Woodley, how the fight. We go deep. We talk about what, what happened during the fight-specific sequences, and then we talk about that very, very memorable finish. Uh, so that's that. it's a great conversation. We also get into Nate's uh, his philosophy, his mindset on life, and how uh, his Christianity, how that you know kind of affects him as a fighter. He also shares a really cool story about meeting up with Tyron's mom after the bout. So some really good stuff. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you as well. But we've got just a handful of episodes left. Uh, after this one, we've got six episodes left in the uh, 
you know, on the docket, so to speak. So appreciate you taking the ride with us. Hope that you enjoyed this episode today. Uh, but with that, we're going to go ahead and ride off into the sunset. We hope that you stay safe and you stay healthy and we will see you soon. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.